0: play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details okay round 2 name something that's not boring a laundry ooh a book club
1: computer solitaire huh
0: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. It is Friday. I hope you had a great week so far, and the Steelers fan base is clearly still trying to kind of figure out everything there is to know about this NFL Draft Class, these seven new Pittsburgh Steelers that are now donning the black and the gold, none larger than Kenny Pickett. We have an exciting show for you here today. I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks, not just Kenny Pickett, but also the rest of the quarterback class and how the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback group heading into 2022 is pretty good, in my opinion, for a lot of reasons. In the second half, no blue check back this week. I'm going to have Dave Schofield on as we give you... And we do this every year, and way too early, 53-man roster prediction. This is where Dave and I sit down and we literally go through the entire roster and try to give an early prediction as to who we think will make the team, who won't make the team, maybe some surprises, maybe some differences. We're going to do that all in the second half, and as always, on Friday, we finish it out this show with a heart-to-heart, heart, so make sure you stay tuned till the very end. But let's go over some basics, as we always do. A reminder that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a part of SB Nation, which is a part of Vox Media. It is the website that is kind of connected to the podcast platform, so make sure you check that out early and often. It's updated multiple times a day, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And in case you're listening to this on Twitter or you're listening to this on the website— you can find all of our audio content anywhere where you get your podcasts. All you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. We are literally everywhere you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, does not matter. Search those terms. You'll find us. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do. And I, have a, I have a request for the Ride or Die crew. If you're a first-time listener, anyone that listens to my show doesn't miss my show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no matter what, you are a part of my ride-or-die crew. My request is simple. If you can go into Apple Podcasts, and maybe you've already done this, in which case fantastic thank you very much if you could give us a five-star rating leave us a good comment i would really appreciate it basically i've been shown some of these rankings for a football american football and we are around 50th or so we fluctuate on these charts and a lot of it is dictated on feedback from fans giving five-star ratings whether it's spotify apple podcast positive comments it all helps moves us up those rankings. That's what we want to do. We want to be get more exposure. So if you can do that, it costs absolutely nothing. It would be really, really beneficial to not just me and my Let's Ride podcast, but also the network, which is morning, noon and evening shows. So make sure you check it out. All right, let's get down to business. The Pittsburgh Steelers, if you haven't figured this out yet, if you listen to my show, you know I love talking about quarterbacks. I always have. I always will. Ben Roethlisberger was my favorite Steelers player of really, I guess, as an adult. When I became an adult, he was. I just loved watching Big Ben play. It's going to be really odd not having Ben Roethlisberger in the mix uh, this year. Just It's just going to be strange. There is an excitement level here, though, folks, and if you're like me, and I just described myself as one of the biggest Ben Roethlisberger fans you'll meet, you're also kind of wondering, what's the next phase look like? What can we expect? We always had this expectation, we being the fans, that every year that number seven was under center or on the team, the Steelers had a chance. We don't know what this is going to look like. We know what the depth chart looks like, and it even looks vastly different than the end of the season due to the tragedy with Dwayne Haskins, but ultimately, we as fans have no clue what to expect. And so the unknown, at least for me, there's always been a little bit of intrigue about the unknown. There's always been a little bit of, well, I wonder what that's going to be like. I felt that way when they drafted Mason Rudolph. I feel that way. I really feel that way when they drafted Kenny Pickett, 20th overall. And I felt that way when they signed Mitch Trubisky. I honestly did. What is this next phase going to look like? But like I said, that the title and the crux of this podcast is that the Steelers' options at quarterback, in my opinion, boy, they're great heading into 2022. You might be listening to the saying, Jeff, how can you say that the Steelers' options at quarterback are great heading into the season? There's no proven commodity here. None. Not Mitchell Trubisky. Obviously not Kenny Pickett. Mason Rudolph is not proven as a commodity. He's proven that he can play the game and he can... I guess step in if necessary, but he hasn't. Nece- he hasn't. He hasn't won over the organization, or else they wouldn't have gone out and done what they did this off season. And then you talk about Chris Oladokun, the seventh round draft pick. I don't even know if we can cast him in this group, but still, we will. He's on the depth chart. Well, I'm going to tell you why I feel like this quarterback group is really, really good. First, I'm going to start with what should be obvious to everyone, but it might not be obvious to everyone, and that is the fact that the Steelers are not financially obligated to play any of these players. So think back to even last season. Ben Roethlisberger, we we all saw it. He was a shell of his former self. He still had the clutch moments, the game-winning drives, and I'm not taking that away from him, but when it came to the mobility, his arm talent at times, he was a shell of his former self. And when you see that, the one thing you have to remember is that not, would the, not that the Steelers would ever even consider benching Roethlisberger, but they had so much money going to him, you felt financially obligated to play him. The Steelers don't have that this season. Mason Rudolph, $5 million this year. Mitchell Trubisky, Seven million dollars this year. Kenny Pickett, rookie contract, not going to be expensive. Chris Oladokun, seventh round rookie contract, not expensive. So they don't have that one player that you would say, well, Kenny Pickett might have won the job, but we're paying Mitch Trubisky so much, you got to go with him because you just have so much put, but you put so much money and put so much financial stock, if you want to put it that way, into him you have to play. Him. They don't have that this year, and that's a good thing in my opinion. That is a great thing in my opinion. When you think back to the when they signed Mitch Trubisky, I think a lot of people, there's, a, there's this sense of the fan base that some people kind of feel bad for Trubisky. He was having an opportunity to kind of resurrect his career, and I guarantee you the Steelers, when they signed him, they told him, look, We don't know what's going to happen in the draft, but we're not about to tell you right now that we aren't going to draft a guy. And I guarantee you at that time when they signed Trubisky on the very first day of the NFL's legal tampering period, that they did not know that when they selected 20th overall, that every single quarterback was still going to be available to them. And so Mitch Trubisky signed that contract, and it was not a lucrative deal, we know this, but he signed that contract knowing something could change meaning they could bring in another quarterback, they could draft a quarterback, and so they do. And the Steelers didn't know they were going to get Pickett. And most are viewing Kenny Pickett as the only NFL-ready, I use my air quotes there, NFL-ready quarterback in this 2022 class. So the Steelers get their guy. Now what do they do? So let's run through some scenarios. Let's say that Mitch Trubisky plays well. He looks good in training camp. He's picking up the Matt Canada offense. The preseason, he has good control of the offense, moving the ball well, the players seem to be responding to him, and it's not that Pickett's not playing well, it's not that Mason Rudolph's not playing well, but Trubisky is definitely delineating himself or differentiating himself from the pack. Well, that's great. I personally think that Kenny Pickett would be best if he doesn't have to be thrust into the starting lineup early, if he has time to learn, and I don't care if it's an entire season. If Mitch Trubisky's playing well, and the Steelers say we're going to go with Trubisky, he's the experience, he's the pedigree guy, we're going to give him a chance, then what you're doing is not just setting up maybe, setting up Kenny Pickett for future success, giving him a chance to learn the NFL game, to get some reps under his belt, a full season under his belt without the pressure of starting, but you're also setting yourself up for that second year with Trubisky. And what I mean by that is... If Mitch Trubisky plays well enough that all of a sudden teams are saying, "Shoot, he might he might be an NFL starting quarterback," we might have missed the boat on this guy when he was when he did not have his fifth year option picked up by Chicago, and when he went to Buffalo and sat for a year, he goes to Pittsburgh. He plays well. The Steelers could actually have a situation where Mitch Trubisky could be something that someone is is looking for. He could be a trade option. I don't know what team would be actively looking for someone like Trubisky, but if he plays well, there's going to be a team that is going to look for him. I Think about what the Washington Commanders did with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did not, I repeat, he did not light the world on fire in Indianapolis last season, and there was still a team that was willing to trade for his services. So if Mitch Trubisky plays well, the Steelers could be setting themselves up By saying, hey, we can actually get something for this guy. Because you know that in 2023, it's going to be Kenny Pickett's show. You don't draft a guy 20th overall in the first round for him to sit more than one season. Now, let's just say that Trubisky doesn't play well. He doesn't go out and set the world on fire. He might start the season, but all of a sudden he struggles, and they make a change, and they go to Kenny Pickett. And if you go to Kenny Pickett midway through the year, you're not going to take that away from him. I hope that the Steelers would have learned something from this 2019 season with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. But unless Kenny Pickett gets hurt, you stick with Kenny Pickett. Now, if that's the case, Trubisky would be your reliable backup for 2023. And you have a good system in place. Because let's be honest, Mason is gone after this season. He probably wants nothing to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. He wants a fresh start. He wants a place where he feels like he could be the guy. Whether that exists, I don't know. But I think it's safe to say that Mason Rudolph is going to be gone. So Kenny's going to take over. Kenny Pickett's going to take over. And again, there's no financial obligation to have to play someone like Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky's contract is very incentive-laden, and what that means is that if he plays a certain amount of snaps, if he makes a Pro Bowl, if they make the playoffs, if they win the Super Bowl— all of these incentives kick in, which could make his contract go from $7 million well into the double digits. Still, a very, very team-friendly deal. But this situation, in my opinion, is a very team-friendly situation. Let's go to 2023. I don't like looking that far ahead, but I think that 2022 is really cut and dry. And Let's just for you know what, in giggles, let's just say Mason Rudolph wins the job. Somehow, some way. I still think that Kenny Pickett is probably going to be your backup. I, I don't know if that's how it's going to play itself out, but Mason Rudolph could be going through the same thing that I just mentioned with Trubisky. If he plays well enough, I, I don't know, in the preseason, if, if, if Mason Rudolph is considered the number two, he plays well enough, could they make a trade? Could they send Mason Rudolph somewhere else and just go in with a quarterback depth chart that is Trubisky and or Pickett and Oladokun? It is a possibility. And people that say that's not a possibility, let's not forget when the Steelers traded Joshua Dobbs to Jacksonville. No one thought that Joshua Dobbs had any value whatsoever, and yet the Jacksonville Jaguars were willing to make a trade to bring him in. Why? They had an injury and they wanted to make a move. There are those teams, there are those situations, it could happen. I like the Steelers' situation at quarterback heading into 2022 for so many reasons. Financially, depth, That I think Kenny Pickett's in a good position right now, that he's not going to be forced into it unless he wins that job. But let's look at 2023. I kind of teased this a little bit earlier. In 2023, I think it's safe to say it's going to be Kenny Pickett's show. It is going to be his show, whether he starts in 2022, week one or not. It's going to be Kenny Pickett's show. And so if Mitchell Trubisky, let's just run this gambit of of scenarios. It, let's say Trubisky plays well enough that there is a suitor. They want to trade for him. UK, Steelers trade him away. Mason's gone. Like I said, he probably wants nothing to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And so now you have this Chris Oladokun. This is an interesting cat for me, an interesting character. And he's not a character. If you listen to the interview that was done by Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar on our on our podcast network, it was a great interview. He seems like a really great guy. Uh, uh, it was really funny at times when they did the rapid fire, asking him some crazy questions. But still, uh, this is a someone, and when I get Dave Schofield on here in the second half of the show and we talk about our 53-man predictions, picking the quarterbacks was not easy. I have a feeling they're going to try to find a way – to keep Oladokun in this system somehow, some way. I'll say this in the second half, but I'll tell you this right now. I would not be shocked if they find a way to get Oladokun on injured reserve or something like that before the season, just like they did with Joshua Dobbs last year. And the reason being is if they could somehow say, oh, he has a foot injury or he pulled a hamstring, it's really bad. They can basically redshirt him a year. He's still within the Steelers' control, meaning they can't, he, no one else can get him unless they were to trade him away. And the Steelers could roll in this season with the top three being Trubisky, Pickett, Rudolph. Now, Rudolph's gone. Doken could come in. He could be a really good backup quarterback. I feel like he's that change of pace guy. He reminds me just listening to him a lot of Joshua Dobbs. I'm not sure if he's a rocket scientist like Joshua Dobbs is, but he reminds me of him. There's cheap options and this is whether you're talking about 2022 or 2023. These cheap options are going to help the Steelers address other needs, not having $30-plus plus million dollars a year going to a quarterback, whether it's Trubisky, Rudolph, uh, Pickett, Oladokun, is going to really help the Steelers in the coming years. And so if they can find someone, I don't care which quarterback it is, they could really, really make some moves that could help this team kind of get over that proverbial hump. A lot of people look at the Steelers quarterback situation and say, if you have more than one quarterback, you don't have one, and I get it. But I think what the Steelers have is they have a lot of viable options right now, and we all know what the future is going to be. You don't take Kenny Pickett 20th overall. You don't spend a first-round pick on a quarterback if you don't have him being the future of your program. And that's exactly what the Steelers are doing. Whether he plays this year or not, I really, really like the setup the Steelers have right now when it comes to the the, the quarterback situation. So I just wanted that I had a lot of questions about this on my Mailbag segment on Wednesday. I wanted to take some time to dive into it cuz a lot of fans kind of seem down in the dumps about the quarterback situation. I am definitely not one of them. I am someone that's excited for this quarterback group regardless of who starts it's going to be fun it's going to be interesting there's going to be intrigue when was the last time you were so excited for a preseason game I know I am because I want to see Kenny Pickett I want to see Mitchell Trubisky I want to see Chris Oladokun I've seen Mason Rudolph enough in the preseason don't need to play him but those other three I'm excited to see those guys play and I'm excited for this quarterback group in 2022 and beyond because of all the reasons I just said let's do some random thoughts quickly only a couple some of it's kind of news. So, if you didn't check out curtain dot com on Thursday, the second round of GM interviews is underway. They're starting to bring in other. They're not bringing in other candidates. They're bringing in candidates um, that had. They're getting callbacks essentially. So they're they're bringing in. I know that was the T- Tennessee Titans had a, G, uh, had a GM prospect or. Uh, candidate. We'll put it that way. He came in. I I don't know their names off the top of my head. So did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here was an interesting side note that that just kind of got thrown out there in the afternoon on Thursday that Brandon Hunt, a lot of people, he was interviewed an internal candidate for the Steelers GM job. He interviewed with Philadelphia for a front office job, not the GM job, a front office job. Really strange to me. It would kind of be like a lateral move. It would kind of be like a lateral move for him, just really odd. Last thing before we get to the break, and I bring Dave Schofield in for the second half. Can we please, for the love of all things holy, Dave Schofield says it, and I believe with I believe it 100%. Can we stop with the love affair with these prospects? I don't care if it's Andrew Wilbar, Jeremy Betts. If these people are just nuts in some ways, and they're not alone. These draft nicks, Okay, the draft's over with, people. It's over with. Okay, so you really like this guy that they passed on in the third round? Fantastic good for you the Steelers didn't draft him so either you're a draft fan or you're a Steelers fan I don't feel like the two can go together anymore I feel like you have to say I'm a draft fan up until the draft when the Steelers pick those are my guys because those are the guys that are now wearing the jersey of my favorite football team so let's hold off on the love affair will we please let's let's get on with our lives Seven new players 10 undrafted free agents let's embrace them let's see how this goes the offseason just starting with rookie minicamp coming up OTAs are going to start kicking off mandatory minicamp and then before you know it they have that month month and a half and the Steelers will be reporting to training camp I'm excited I'll tell you what else I'm excited about Dave Schofield's going to join me coming right up after this break but stay tuned to the end for that heart to heart we'll be right back
1: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. It is Friday. It is the second half. This is not blue check back. Like I told you in the first half, this is Dave Schofield. As we always do, Dave, this is the 6th of May. Didn't we do this a year ago?
3: It was exactly on the 6th of May that we released the article last year. And then we did the, uh, I can't remember if we did Wednesday or Friday, which day we, we did this uh, the first time. But yeah, this is this is kind of a tradition for us to way too early uh, l- try to answer a question.
2: Yeah, so we're trying to predict, and I teased this at the beginning of the show, we're trying to predict the 53-man roster. And... Unlike most years, and I can't speak for Dave, this was not easy. And it's never easy when you're talking about those fringe players, but I'm talking about looking at the numbers, the players that are on the depth chart. There are some really deep positions on this roster. Did you find it easy, Dave, or was this a challenge for you? There there
3: was a lot of places where it was very easy. And then, but the places, the, the last few things to figure out is where it got really difficult. Yeah. So, well, I mean, there was some automatic stuff that you just, yeah, this is it. This is it. And they're like, oh, wait. If it's that guy, what else are they going to do? They, they got yeah, a lot of moving around then.
2: So. Absolutely. So let's start this show off with the offense and let's start with the quarterbacks. Now, go. I'm, I'm going to read off yours and then I'll give you a chance to analyze it. So, Dave, you have Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Ruff. This is not an official depth chart. These are just players that we have making the team. I have the same three. What were your thoughts on Chris Oladokun, though? That's the question.
3: Yeah, that is the big question. And like I said, I would not rule it out. But the quarterback position, more than anything else, I have to see something on the field this year in order to, to get a better idea with any of these guys. Um, and so it, it makes sense that these three are going to have the upper hand going in. And then ultimately you got to see, um, who plays well. And I I really think it's, it's open for, um, for Oladokun to, to grab a spot on the roster, but I'm not willing to say that the Steelers are, are parting ways with anyone via releasing or trading or anything like that until we can actually see him play.
2: And I just spent the entire first half of the show talking about quarterbacks, <laughs> so I'm not going to wax poetic more about that. But I will say that I wouldn't. I said this in the first half. I'll say it again. I wouldn't be shocked if Oladokun gets some type of hamstring or foot injury, and they say, "Well, we got to put you on season-ending IR." You red-shirt yeah. him a year. You keep him in. You have these three. It would be. Kind of be the perfect scenario. I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but as of right now, we stay the same with the three quarterbacks, Trubisky, Pickett, and Rudolph. Let's go to running back. We both have three, but we have a different three. You have Najee Harris, Benny Snell Jr., and Mateo Durant. I have Najee Harris, Benny Snell Jr., and Anthony McFarlane Jr. Dave, why did you go with Durant over McFarlane?
3: You had to go crazy somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's, someone's gonna going to come out of
2: crazy. Oh my God. That's going <laughs> crazy.
3: Yes. Oh so my goodness. An undrafted free agent made the team. Um, well, in recent years for the Steelers, that is a big deal, but bottom line is the biggest thing that we both did here. And I don't know if you realize this is that we cut the number of running backs. The Steelers have been keeping four and we, we cut it to three because if you're only really using one, why do you need three more? Really? Why do you need three more? Um,
2: well, I, I thought about that, and I, mm-hmm. I there's there's another player on the roster that we have making the team that it can carry the football, and it's not Derek Watt. It's absolutely one sixth round draft pick, Connor Hayward, which we'll get it, to him. He's labeled yes, we as will. A, yeah, so go ahead. But,
3: but I was just going to say, when it comes to McFarland, you thought that last year would have been something. Then he was injured, and then he came back and was never active. It looks like they have plenty of options as. Uh, for for a kickoff returner because honestly that's the only reason mcfarland got a helmet last year in what maybe two games and it was because they needed him to return kickoffs if that's going to be it now maybe it was just a nagging injury and he can come back fresh in 2022 but until i see that i'm saying that last spot is really wide open and it could be anybody
2: i will agree including that,
3: yeah. a, a roster edition sorry yeah no you're
2: it. right i agree it's yeah. it's wide open i I think Benny Snell's a lock. I know a lot of fans hate him, but I think Benny Snell is a lock to make the, uh, the team. Let's go to fullback. We both agree. Derek Watts, the only true fullback on the team. Um, We are not putting a Connor Hayward in this category. So unless there's something you want to say about it, we're just going to move on. You good? Move on. All right. Wide receiver. This, this was tough. This was a tougher position. Uh, You have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Calvin Austin III, I think those are all obvious selections, those four. Mm-hmm. You have Gunnar Olszewski, or Shusky, I don't know, Gunnar O. And Gunner then o. you have Miles Boykin. Now, I have the same group, six receivers. I did add in mine that I wouldn't be shocked if someone like a Cody White, maybe a Rico Bussey, or Anthony Miller actually plays well. But what do you see? Is there anyone that could possibly break that top six or bump someone out?
3: Oh, absolutely. I think the Steelers, what they have, what they're looking at, at five and beyond. Now, remember, they don't, only, they only kept five last year. So this is, this was the decision I made. And I think you you thought it made sense. Don't one less running back, one more wide receiver, especially if you have someone like a Calvin Austin, the third that you can use on the sweeps and things like that otherwise. Yeah. And you also mentioned Connor Hayward. To me, I, I think those top four are the top four. And I think Gunner O, I don't know if he'll be using the offense at all. And that's part of the reason why I did six wide receivers, because to me, he's the returner. Maybe they use him on offense. So it really comes down to that last spot. I said, Miles Boykin, I could see them not keeping another receiver. I could definitely see one of those other guys getting the job because if they're all equal, Miles Boy- Boykin costs the most money because they picked him up off waivers. It's $2.54 million. There's no dead money if he doesn't make the team. That would just be relief. So if, if there's two guys and you really can't decide, to me, it's easier to take the guy that, that that's half the price.
2: Yes, financially, that makes sense. But you know what Mike Tomlin says. He won't. You care. know what he va- you, know, <laughs> you know what he values. He values yeah. special teams, and Miles yeah. Boykin is a willing contributor, and so that's going to make him a really tough well, cut because he w- he's like a Darius Hayward Bay. We've all said it every show this past week and a half since he's been signed. Has said this isn't your Jericho Cottry signing. This is more of a Darius Hayward Bay, and I agree. And Darius yes. Hayward Bay, if he did one thing. He swallowed his pride as a first-round pick and said, I'll do whatever you want. I feel like that's Miles Blake.
3: Now, you also have to remember, that's technically someone else's spot that someone else has to grab because it was Cody White that spent almost the entire season on the 53-man True. roster.
2: True. So, Very good point. Very good. Like, All right, uh, so wide receiver is going to be a position to watch. We have six making a team, but again, they have five for the majority of last season. Let's go to tight end now. Tight end, we both have the same three, Pat Fryer meets Zach Gentry and Connor Hayward. It shocked me when I was listening to the what Yin's talking about podcast on Thursday. And all of a sudden these guys are saying, well, Connor Hayward probably isn't going to make the team and he probably won't be able to make save it to the to practice. what well. I'm thinking this guy, in my opinion, is as close to a lock that you can get for a six round draft pick. He plays special teams. And I didn't know this. And by the way, anyone that checks the website behind the you need to read. We have a film room coming out. It's at nine 30 on Friday. Check that out. It's Eastern time. Kevin Smith did it and it's phenomenal on Calvin Austin, the third and Connor Hayward. I did not know Connor Hayward returned kicks. He ran out of the back. What? He was a fullback. He was a tight end. He was an H back when Mike Tomlin called him a Swiss army knife. He wasn't me? joking. Okay. He was not joking. This guy can do it all. So you put a Connor Hayward on your team. You have the third tight end. You have another running back option. You have another fullback option. You have, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. But the only other person that could take a spot in my opinion is a Kevin Raider. You think that happens?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, and they could even go with four tight ends there. Now, I don't think Kevin Raider is a player that would instantly get snatched up by another team unless he completely tears up in the preseason, and if that's the case, then the Steelers have to think about keeping him anyway, but he's a guy that's been on the practice squad but then would get moved up when the Steelers need him. He's been one of those prime guys. He's a good special teams guy, but I mean... This, It's not out of the realm of possibility for the Steelers to keep uh, an extra player at a position you might not think so. Think about it. They've kept two fullbacks. The first year Roosevelt Knicks made the roster, there was two fullbacks in the roster. And he made it basically strictly on special teams and then ended up taking over the actual fullback spot.
2: There you go. That's a good point. Good point. Let's move on to the offensive line. We both have nine players on the offensive line. Uh, you have Chuk for Dan Moore Jr., James Daniels, Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole, Kendrick Green, Joe Haig, J.C. Hasnauer, and John LeGlu. And I'm looking at my list, and I have the same yeah. cast of characters. Uh, the only player that I had as a, as a competition, or the only competition, I, I had Leglu in there because he has position, mm-hmm. versatility, flexibility. We know Mike Tomlin loves that. I had Haig beating out Chaz Green. For that swing tackle position, <laughs> that's my Thoughts on that? I
3: had Chaz Green at first, I did, and then I got to thinking of the versatility. I'm like, it would be nice to have another tackle in there, but man, you've got hour that can play all three spots inside. You've got Laglue that can play. He really can play all three spots. Remember, he played center in the preseason last year.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, right. people people forget that as well. And some even thought he was a tackle when he was coming in. So. That's that flexibility. Chaz Green, you know, played for the Colts, was on the Steelers practice squad last year. He was the guy that got called up when they needed an extra lineman. He could be in that role again if he doesn't get grabbed. But uh that's that's what it looks like now. But a lot can change before September 11th 12th whenever the Steelers end up playing yeah something like that
2: all right so we have 25 total on offense which is pretty average let's go to the defensive side of the ball the defensive line this was the only position of note that you and I actually well because of this change there's another change you have six I have seven defensive linemen making the team your six are Cam Hayward Tyson Alawalu, Chris Wormley DeMarvin Leal Isaiah Loudermilk and Montravius Adams I went with seven I had Hayward Alawalu, Stephon to it, mm-hmm. Wormley, Liao, Loudermilk, and Adams. You left to it off. Go ahead and explain yourself.
3: Yeah, I left to it off because, well, first of all, it's really tough to keep seven linemen. They've done it in the past. And they could. They could do it. I have them squeezing there at a cornerback, which we'll find out when we get there. That's what you did. I'm not ready to hand Stephon to it a roster spot until he shows that he's back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the main thing. That's the whole thing. He could even, if he's not ready, but still, still coming back, he might end up on the pup list, even something like that. So I don't know that he's someone, I mean, think of last year, he made the roster for one day before he went on IR for them to bring in somebody else. That could be another scenario. Um, or he could be ready to go, or he could choose that this isn't for him, or he could come back and there could be a problem with him coming back. i He's such an unknown. I, it's kind of almost I'm standing up that the Steelers need to move forward thinking that he's not there. Don't save him a roster spot. But when he's there, it might only take one day and one practice. Then boom, there he is. And then you adjust at that time once he's back.
2: Let me ask you a question while we're talking about this. If you keep six and Stefan Tewitt is back, who leaves oh. your depth chart? <sighs> uh,
3: really? It's going to depend on how they want to work that nose tackle position. I, I loved Mont- Montrevis Adams last year, but – with all the other guys being so flexible to, to do other things. And he is just, as Mike Tomlin said, a zero gap guy. You line up, you know, he was in practice, what, two, three days and then started because yeah, you just line up there and that's what you do. Because of that, I would say the other ones have versatility over top of him, um, but still love this play. That would make it really, really difficult. But to me, if I had to pick one, it would be
2: Adams. Okay. I would maybe lean towards Wormley as well. We'll see.
3: Oh, let's see. Yeah. He, he's a guy you could, you could maybe shop
2: Yes, that's if true. Two yep. If two, it's back. If two, it's back. Good point. Right. A great outside linebacker. We both agreed on all four. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Derek Tushka, and Janard Avery. Um, I, I thought that Avery is a kind of a, a flex guy. Could maybe run some inside as well as outside. Um, I don't think there's really much disagreeing with this. Do you think? I mean, there's really not much to talk about with outside linebackers. I think they could still add someone.
3: Yeah, look at that depth chart. And no one else... On there jumps out as being someone that you would expect to, to come up there. And it's not like Tuska, or you like to call him Tushka. I don't know which way you say it. I'd I butcher know. names all the time. Um, and Avery, it's not like those are guys that right now you're really excited about. Um, you know, the Steelers really liked Tuska last year. And then Avery, there is a lot of flexibility and stuff that he can do. Get him in black and gold, get him out there. I think it's their spots to lose. A lot of the other guys, they're just going to have to come out of nowhere and surprise people. Is what it would take for someone else to make it. Um, but right now, that's uh, unless they add. I think that would be a position where they could add somebody else at any point up into week one or even beyond. Um, if they, especially if they go through the preseason and it doesn't seem like their depth is really coming through.
2: You talk about Hayward's position flexibility, Connor Hayward. You also bring in like a Demarvin Leal has shown that he can rush from different spots. And so if they're in sub packages, they could say, Hey, we're going to use him as a rusher on the outside. It's not going to look like an outside linebacker, but we're going to use him in certain areas in certain packages that might give them some flexibility as well as something to think about. Let's go to inside linebacker. We both have five Devin Bush, Miles, Jack, Robert Splain, Buddy Johnson, and Mark Robinson. This was tough. This was a very deep position, believe it or not. Uh, You're talking about Ulysses Gilbert, the third Marcus Allen is still considered an inside linebacker. Um, these players, you, they're just there's just not enough roster spots. What do you think about this position?
3: Yeah, this one was kind of tough. And of course, right now, it's 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 we we are in love with the Steelers draft. We're in love with these new players that we get to look at and see what they can do. And that's why you have a Mark Robinson there. Uh, you know, you were still enamored with Buddy, Buddy Johnson from last year, even though you didn't get to really see much from him. Uh, you know, I don't know how serious his injury was towards the end of the season or if it was just, hey, it's easier to put you on IR uh, than to worry about, you know, taking up a roster spot um, as he develops. I really don't know if that was the case or not. But to me, you know, Bush and Mac are the guys that are going to be there, whether you like it or really like it or not. And I still has Robert Splane in that group of a guy of someone that I fully expect. I would be shocked if they didn't make the roster. So to me, that's three of the five. The other two spots is basically, I, I said it in the article, um, four dogs, two bones, you know, um, with Johnson, Robinson, Gilbert, and Allen. And to me, I'm just hoping that the younger guys show that they can play and they take the spot because then the Steelers have them longer. Uh, I mean, Mar- Marcus Allen, he's, he's in on a restricted free agent tender Um that he's, he would save $2.54 million if he was, if, if the Steelers didn't keep him Uh Gilbert's in the last year of his rookie deal. So even if you kept him, you don't, you might not even have him beyond this year. So if those up to me, if those younger guys that you have more years with their contract, if they're showing that they're just as good and they're special teams guys and can fill those roles um, and there's not. You know any kind of drop off, I'll take the younger guy over over the guy with one year left any day.
2: I agree, hundred percent. Let's go to cornerbacks now. You have five. I have four. You have Cam Sutton, Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Arthur Millette, and James Pierre. Whereas I went with Sutton, Witherspoon, Wallace, and Pierre. And this is a risk. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. might say Jeff's nuts because he only has four cornerbacks. It's not ideal. No, it's not ideal. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, is how they're going to how they're going to utilize the slot. And I, this is something I've listened to Jeffrey Benedict a lot. I, I like what he says about how they're gonna, they could utilize Terrell Edmonds there. I think Trey Norwood's going to be used in that area as well. And they still do have like a Levi Wallace who can play both inside and outside. I'm not so sure about some of these undrafted players they got. But I went with four. Why? Because I wanted to keep another defensive lineman. I trimmed it here at the cornerback position. Dave, you kept five. What was your thinking?
3: My thinking was that I wasn't saving a roster spot for Stefan to it, but now I'm, I'm going to tell you if it was four, the one that I'm not keeping is actually James Pierre. Okay. Because I feel like he had a shot last year. He blew it and the Steelers were not willing to, to, uh, to, to put him in there anymore. Yes. He can do special teams and everything else, but um, I don't know that anyone, you know, he'd be a prime candidate for the practice squad. They chose to bring back Arthur Millette on a two-year deal. That's what the Steelers specifically chose to do. Yes, they could do some sub-package stuff using their safeties instead, and it looks like they're shaping up to where that could be a big possibility. But I still think, you know, unless you're going to have Terrell Edmonds playing a different role coming up there, Millette seemed to be the most physical out of anyone that could be the closest to a to a Mike Hilton blitzing from the secondary type player of anyone that they have at corner, and that's why I would hold
2: on to him. Good point. Great point. Valid point. And I think that it's very Im- important that we mention that none of us have Justin Lane making the team. Okay. Let's continue <laughs> to say <this>. nope, <laughs> lust nope? in, lust in Jane. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Safety. We both have five. Again, a lot of people might say that's a lot, isn't it? It is.
3: No, uh, this, this is this. I, I started here. I knew okay. this is where I wanted and who I wanted.
2: And you bring up in your analysis that Carl Joseph's not on either one of these lists, but could be Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell yeah. Edmonds, DeMonte Casey, let me say it correctly, Miles Killabrew and Trey Norwood. So, again, Trey Norwood, maybe they bump him to a cornerback or call him that. I don't care. It's one and the same. It's a 53-man roster. But you said it, and I'm thinking it. Carl Joseph could be in the mix here, but you have only have so many roster spots, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I'd simply right now I have to say, you know, he was the guy that was on the practice squad, and they called him up when they needed him last year. He did not keep his number from last year uh he is now number 38 mm. because number 8 was was uh basically vacated for 1 Kenny Pickett yep. so to me it i mean that's that's not about the number thing really is about this Carl Joseph getting a training camp with the Steelers could be a really big thing for him and he could come in and really make you have to think about stuff. But right now, you know, Trey Norwood as a seventh round pick last year, he did a great job doing what they needed him to do when he had to start, not so much when they could play him the way they wanted to play him. It was obvious why they wanted to play him in that way, because he did it so well. Miles Killebrew to me, He's the only guy that could push Derek Watt as special teams captain. That's just me. You yeah. know, he blocked two punts last year. And he does provide, you know, some places to have him listed as a linebacker. He's kind of more that kind of hybrid. Um, and then KZ, if getting Fitzpatrick and Edmonds and KZ on the field at the same time. Right now, if KZ works out in Pittsburgh, you know, you've just got to make sure everyone fits and knows what they're doing. I could see that as as a real asset to the Steelers and just the way they can work these guys in. I see some of their, like you were saying, mo- a lot of their sub package in the, in the secondary coming from safety even more than corner.
2: Yeah. So safety is going to be a, a really interesting battle to watch special teams. We all, we, we have the three, we don't really need to talk about that. Chris Boswell, Presley Harvin, the third Christian Coons. Um, those are probably going to be your specialists, even though they do have another punter in the, in camp it's just they have have two of each right now it's true good point well you want camp like so there's your 53 as we sit here right now on this may 6th and we'll see how things go but dave i'll give you a chance to let everyone know uh give them your twitter handle and all that stuff in case they don't listen to the stat geek which they should. you had a great episode yesterday on thursday go ahead and tell them where they can find you
3: Yes. You can find me at S T L R Superfandad. That is short for Steeler S T L R super Fan Dad. Jeff says that is the longest Twitter handle in the universe. <laughs> and if you want to email me, you can just take the same thing, but add at gmail.com. That's where I am. Um, or of course, as I'm sure Jeff points out all the time, you can get this information simply by going to behind the Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, clicking on any article where I'm, where I'm the author, and you can bring it up right there in the, profile.
2: There you go, Dave. Thanks for the time. And we will be visiting, revisiting this again, for sure. Uh, Thanks for the time as always. Thanks for having me, Jeff. And a big thank you to Dave Schofield for hopping in here. And I always enjoy going over the 53-man roster. It's it's tough this year. There's going to be some really tough calls. You talk about the defensive line. You talk about the secondary. Heck, you even talk about the quarterbacks like I spent the whole first half talking about. There's a lot of tough decisions to be made. I thank Dave for taking the time. Let's do a heart-to-heart to finish it out like we always do every Friday. This is one of those situations, going back to the quarterback talk. I love talking about quarterbacks. This is one of those weird and odd situations where when I hear Mike Tomlin say something, I actually do take it at face value. When Mike Tomlin says it's an open competition to quarterback, I believe him. I really do, honest to goodness, believe him. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let's have the, the best, may the best man win. That's kind of what I'm looking to see. I want these players, Mason Rudolph, Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, I want them to feel the pressure every single throw from minicamp OTAs, training camp, all the way throughout the preseason, I want them to feel that pressure and to know that I have to perform at a high level. That's tough for a lot of people to bear all the time. But if you can, well, you've proven you have the metal to get that job done and to be that quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have not been in this scenario for a very long time. You could say 2019, or you'd have to go all the way back to 2004, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. It's been a very long time because when number seven was in the lineup, everyone knew that the quarterback was, that's the quarterback. And there was no debate. There was no discussion. There was no, will he be the starting quarterback? It was, there's your quarterback. May the best man win this offseason. That's what I say. Go in with an open competition. See who the best quarterback is. I fully expect Mike Tomlin to really mess with the media. And when they go to training camp, he will rotate every single quarterback with the ones every single day so that there's no preconceived notion that who might be the starting quarterback. And when it gets to the preseason, I'm sure that one game, it'll be Trubisky. One game, it'll be Rudolph. One game, it'll be Pickett. And everyone will sit there saying, well, who's the guy? Then may the best man win. I'm looking forward to that. I really am. And I thank every single one of you, and I hope you're looking forward to it too, if you've, I've had people message me on Twitter and say, What do I have to do to be in the ride or die crew? It's not a paying thing. You just have to be a loyal listener to the show. Don't miss a show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Jay Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T, and interact. I have, a great, I have a great fan base, I guess you want to call it. I love to interact with people on Twitter. It's a lot of fun. And I just, if you want to be a part of that, that's awesome. You can use the hashtag Ride or Die crew and be, and I'll, we'll, I'll introduce you. I'll show you around the place. All right. So, hey, look, have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday with a Monday morning conversation I'm really excited about. So, make sure you check that out. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go see you.